today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. As we've discussed before, the World Health Organization uh, has a crew in Wuhan, China, which uh, is the origins of the COVID-19 uh, coronavirus and doing an investigation, trying to find out how it all started so we can make sure this doesn't happen again. Uh, of course, there was all of the chatter of the uh, of this coming out of a wet market, very similar to what the SARS uh, uh, coronavirus was, uh, but also some rumors floating around about how it's come into the country various ways, including in frozen seafood, which, you know, we'll see where that goes, and also within a lab from Wuhan that it somehow escaped from this lab. I think that has been discredited. Let's bring in Charles Burton, Senior Fellow, Center for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad at the McDonald-Laurie Institute, and with us now. Charles, thank you for the time. I hope you're doing well. Good to hear from you, Scott. Nice afternoon here in St. Catharines. Yeah, lots of sunshine, that's for sure. So uh, in regard to, uh, you know, there's lots of, uh, of finger-pointing way back at the beginning of all of this and where it started and how it happened, and there was some suspicion that it escaped from a lab. What do we know from this World Health Organization investigation so far in regard to this lab? Well, they're saying that, um, you know, they have concluded it couldn't have come from the lab and won't be looking at it any further. I frankly am having a lot of trouble with this, as they have no alternative explanation. It appears to most experts that the origins of this thing are in bats, a kind of bat which doesn't fly around Wuhan, but a kind of bat which was sent up from southwest china yunnan to the lab for investigation and the americans have said that you know that there was illness in the lab prior to the spread uh to the market which is near the lab in other words where the people went from the lab after work to pick up their uh you know their 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 vegetables for supper um i i just think that the chinese denial that it's coming from the lab is just a bit too much of complaining too much about this and the lack of any alternative explanation is disturbing. And now the Chinese say, well, uh, nothing to see here in Wuhan. Um, time for the international investigation team to go to foreign countries to see if uh, it came from there. And that, you know, their official propaganda is that it came from China's main geostrategic rival, the United States, via military who came to Wuhan to attend the World um, Military Games in November of of, uh, of last year. I, I frankly, I'm just very, very suspicious about all of this. The relationship between the WHO and the government of China, and in general, the the spin that's been put on this looks to me like a, a cover up and a smear. And the fact that they couldn't get you know to do the investigation until um, a year after the virus was first discovered in Wuhan is suspicious in and of itself. Here's what a member of uh, the WHO had a team in Wuhan had to say. Our initial findings suggest that the introduction through an intermediary host species uh, is the most likely pathways and one that will uh, um, require more studies and more specific uh, targeted uh, research. So is there anything to suggest that it's if it wasn't from this lab, then it must have been from the wet uh, food market? Well, they said that, you know, they thought that it went, it could have gone from, from uh, bats to a kind of creature called a pangolin. The thing mm-hmm. is that the market uh, doesn't seem to have the right kind of bats, 
and they don't sell pangolin in that market. They do in you know in other parts of China as, a, as an exotic um, food. So uh, you know it's just not adding up, frankly. And the fact that they're so you don't you you think you you're thinking you're thinking Charles that it may not have come from the wet food market that it it may in fact have come from that lab. Yeah, I think it. I think it's most likely that the bats they were doing research with the bats. Some sort of um, error was made. It infected people in the laboratory, who then um, naturally, like everybody in the neighborhood, went to that market for their for their to get their food. And and spread it from there because we know that human to human transmission, of course, happens in this once once you've got infected with this particular pathogen. But you know, I'm not a I'm not a special an epidemiologist or a specialist in uh, in this form of medicine. I just uh, as a as a citizen who follows it, there just doesn't seem to be um, uh, much explanation as to why they're ruling out the lab nor is there any logical explanation as to how it could have arisen any other way. So, you know, that's more or less where we're left. And I don't think that, you know, the Chinese are clearly not going to allow any further investigation of the lab. It's been a year since the, since more than a year since it started. And uh, I, I really wonder if we'll ever get the facts about this thing in any credible way that, that would resonate with the science community the way that the origins of SARS did, which, you know, is very much accepted as to how that arose through the civet cats. So did the World Health Organization even have access to this lab or any of its records or anything to do a proper investigation uh, and then arrived at the conclusion there was nothing to see here or was that decision made for them? Well, they say that they were given unexpectedly um, um, open access and that they were able to investigate the lab and meet with people and talk with them. So, you know, certainly they're claiming that, that the investigation of the lab was thorough, um, but we're not getting much details on it. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, what does this do for the credibility of the World Health Organization? Well, it's already pretty low. As you know, we know that they had information about the human-to-human spread. Um, China didn't want them to report that, and they they complied with with China's wishes. So, you know, the the WHO is culpable for this awful pandemic that you know is is uh, leading to premature death of people all around the world, as is the Chinese government. And you know that there's not much dispute about that. That the WHO was ruled largely by political factors, and the Chinese authorities seem to have considerable hold over uh, some of the leaders of the WHO in ways which have not been fully explained yet. So in the end, Charles, do you think that this will, and, and obviously I'm just asking you to, uh, in a hypothetical situation, to guess here, but in the, in the end of all of this, do you think there will be no concrete conclusion of how this started, just conspiracy theories, and that's enough to take the attention away from China? I think that's more or less where it stands at present. Um, you know, it seems that the Americans may have intelligence information that they are not openly sharing because it would you know provide insight into their sources you always have this problem with intelligence agencies that know stuff and don't want to tell it because you know then we'll find out how they got it um but you know certainly the way the chinese are talking you know nothing to see here in the lab uh time to move on to foreign countries and see if it if it came in on the packaging of seafood 
that was sold in that lab from you know imported from it seems bizarre that they're it seems bizarre that they're trying to point this to other countries yet if you go back to the origin of this outbreak it was in wuhan china it didn't all of a sudden start breaking out in other parts of the world and not like i mean if it had, if it had originated in another part of the world would they not have had a massive outbreak at the very beginning of all of this you would have thought, you know, like the place where the seafood came from. You know, like, look over there. That's where the, the fire is. The fire's yeah. not here. You, yeah, you know, exactly. you send the fire department to where the fire is. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, I think you've seen a, a logical flaw that us non-medical specialists are able to figure out, but which seem to so far not have penetrated through to the Chinese propagandists who are telling us nothing to see here. Move along, move along. So how will the world view this World Health Organization investigation, and how, we're, how will they view uh, China out the other end of this, even if it is inconclusive? Well, I think in general, you know, it, it appears that, that the government of China largely attempts to subvert the, the purposes of the United Nations, including the WHO, by putting key people into key positions and, and using their influence through developmental aid with other, you know, with smaller countries to try and prevent the UN from engaging in the kinds of um, uh, purposes that the UN should be engaging in. You know, so why isn't the UN in there investing the serious allegations of genocide in Xinjiang? If there's nothing to see there, then why doesn't the Chinese welcome a, a UN delegation to go in and enter those re-education centers and do all the investigation necessary to clear them? Or in terms of, you know, the national, the, the uh, Security Council, which China has a veto on, they're, they're often vetoing um, actions against their, their allies who, you know, should be subject to, to the UN's um, mandate to ensure peace and justice. So uh, China's been quite disruptive in all UN agencies, including Interpol and, and you know, any number of other ones up to and including blocking um, Taiwan from participating in in matters which go across borders, such as health or or um, air, airlines. Um, you know, I think that we really have to be reevaluating the role of China in the world and trying to come up with mechanisms that allow the you know fair, just, reciprocal, mutually beneficial institutions to function the way that they're supposed to, and the WHO should be neutral. It shouldn't be subject to um, to manipulation by a major power. So, who is winning right now on this date, February ninth, twenty twenty one? Who is winning this propaganda war around the world? Is it China or is it the rest of the free world? Is China still the golden goose or is it the coyote in the chicken coop? I think people don't fully appreciate the um, malignant influence of China you know, throughout the world, including inside Canada. And, and I think that they're, they're inclined to, you know, be of goodwill and believe when the Chinese um, claim that they are standing up for the rules-based international order, that that must be the case. But then when you look at their actual actions, you know, Xinjiang, Hong Kong, um, hostage diplomacy of Kovrigan's favor, um, arbitrary imposition of economic coercion over countries like Canada and, and Australia to further Chinese political purposes, you know, the facts on the ground suggest something very different from from uh, the way that uh, China is able to, to be perceived by, by a lot of people. And maybe people think that it 
it doesn't matter that much. But as as the Chinese regime gains more and more sway over the world, um, the worse it is for those of us who believe in in democracy, freedom, and human rights. Charles Burton has been with us, Senior Fellow, Center for Advancing Canada's Interests Abroad, McDonald laurier Institute. Charles, is always a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for the time. Be well. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.